0: Welcome to Counseling Over Coffee, a podcast of Redeemer Counseling Group. Whether you are listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Stitcher, we are happy to have you. And if you enjoy this podcast, it helps if you rate and review us, particularly on Apple Podcasts. And of course, any sharing of the podcast on social media is greatly appreciated. For more information about Redeemer Counseling Group, you can visit our website at RedeemerCounselingGroup.com or look us up on Facebook. And with that, here is Cherie with Counseling Over Coffee.
1: we're here with our son Joey today this is going to be a fun one Benny and I are here and Joey the fourth of our seven J's is here and actually this this podcast and probably the next one uh be a two-part thing uh, it was actually Joey's idea so Joey rather than me introducing the topic and all that why don't you introduce the topic and and tell us why you wanted to do this
0: well, I wanted to I wanted to talk about parenting. That's the topic, and I wanted to talk about it because um I think it is one of several topics and pro- I mean more than several, many, many topics where um these days it's hard to find folks who are willing to give like honest, practical instruction uh, because I think, and we've talked about this before. There's a pendulum effect, and so um, maybe in the when y- y'all were first doing your teaching, uh, which for those of you who don't know, mom and dad did quite a lot of teaching on parenting over the years, and in the '70s, '80s, that time frame, I would say that um, you are offering not just the the biblical framework for uh, parenting, a vision for biblical parenting, um, you would get into the nitty gritty and the practical and you would offer advice and you would do seminars and people would ask you questions and you'd answer them. And like, there was a lot of, uh, uh, there was the biblical framework part, but then there was also the practical part. And I think that, uh, these days we sort of shy away from some of the practical stuff. Yeah, we do. So I want to get there, but that's actually going to be part two. I think part one is going to be more along the lines of the vision and why you guys did what you did. Uh, back then why you still care about it uh, today and then I just I know that as a parent sometimes I can um, I can look around and think we we seem to be doing this all on our own in a way that's unnecessary there's plenty of books out there you can read there's plenty of blog articles and things like that Um, but what do you do about the this specific issue has come up with my kid I've never had to deal with this before um, which happens at every stage of my
1: oldest <laughs> exactly. life um, That's
0: right. and so I, I just wanted to and I have parents who have been doing this for a very long time so I thought it'd be fun uh, to to do this and ask you guys questions and and do an old school sort of uh, sort of asking for that advice and counsel so that that's why I wanted to do this, and we can get into the first question in a second. But that's that was the impetus for this. Is uh, it's selfish somewhat, but also uh, <laughs> I, I want to hear from you guys in a well, way that we haven't in a while.
1: I appreciate that, Joey. And just for context, just tell the folks a little bit about your family because I don't know if you'll be mentioning your kids or whatever, but uh, tell tell us about them.
0: Well, I have two uh, daughters. Amelia is 11 and Rosie is seven and they are um, just incredible young ladies.
1: Yes, they are.
0: Um, my wife Lauren is was a dancer and so they are now dancers so they <laughs> live at the studio. Um, they right. love to dance. Um, they're precocious both of them in different ways and they're a, a delight to parents but certainly uh, they they cause me to question some things
1: <laughs> That's right. right. All right. Well, let's go. Uh, I know just just uh, so that everyone won't think we're as smart as we might sound on this. We have had some, you've given us a couple of these questions in advance for us to think about, but I'm sure there'll be some spontaneous ones as well, which we probably won't sound as smart. So
0: Yeah. So uh, what she means by that is I sent them three generic-like Leading off questions and then and then we'll go from there. So, <laughs> uh, but I will be leading the interview, and this is part one, and uh, we'll be back next week for part two. So, the first question I wanted to ask is: This is a this is a counseling podcast. Um, so I know this was my idea to do something on parenting, but what I wanted to to start off with is just: Can you talk about the difference between parenting and counseling? Similarities, differences, um, and how that changes over the years or doesn't change.
1: You know, when you, when you sent this question, I thought, what a fascinating question. And, uh, but I knew that it was in the context of, you know, this is a counseling ministry and this podcast is designed primarily to help people care for each other. And I think that this is still, we can still think of it that way, that how can we care for our kids? How can we care for other parents? How can we old people, Um, invest in the lives of young parents and help them in parenting. So I thought it would be natural for me to be the one to to share how, how parenting and counseling are like each other. Mm -hmm. And so I thought of four things. And first of all, they're like each other, because both prioritize relationship, Mm -hmm. trust, compassion, the sense of I'm for you. And and that was one of the things your dad and I really, really wanted to to see happening in our parenting. Our kids would know, guys, we're for you. Yeah. We're not here to try to control you, even with our rules. We're for you. And, of course, that's the same thing in, in counseling. Good counseling relationships um, have that relational part to it, even in the, quote, professional, formal aspect. Second, I think they're alike because... Both counseling and parenting have a goal of growth in the other person. Growth and maturity that comes from the Word of God and from the Spirit of God. And it's not self-sufficient and it's not man-centered. So methodologies change. Mm -hmm. Counseling methodologies are different. And parenting methodologies are different. Every parent doesn't parent the same way. And there's not some magical uh, way to parent that's going to produce all the good things. But both have the design of growth and maturity and being like Jesus as Christians, of course, that's our perspective. Third, the target of this growth that we're talking about is the heart. Hmm. In both counseling, um, there's a lot of counseling methodologies that are pretty um, in, in my opinion, behavior-focused. Uh, if you change these behaviors, then you're going to not have these problems in your life. And as believers and a, as a biblical counselor, I, I believe that change begins with the heart and the behaviors are going to then be impacted. And so with parenting, um, one of the things your dad and I tried, unsuccessfully at times, <laughs> Um, but that we tried to do was was look at what was going on in our kids hearts, so that would be a similarity and then fourth, both are really biblical discipleship hmm. uh, counseling uh, again, different methodologies, different streams of counseling, but the training that i've received from CCEF and my understanding. Of, of what the scripture teaches and how we relate to hurting, suffering people, which is a lot of why people come to counseling, is, is we want to, it, it's biblical discipleship. It's coming alongside the person. It's not just informing them of what they need to think or what they need to do, but it's relational. And it's, it's a, I, I want to help you. And honestly, in the process of me helping you, guess what? I get helped. And so it's, it's a very collaborative relationship now in parenting. It changes. You're not collaborating with your three-year-old, right? <laughs> but when we can talk about that later, it, 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 it does change. So those would be the, the similarities from my perspective.
0: It's interesting before, uh, dad, you jump in. I wanted to, uh, go back to number two real fast What and two and, and three are, are linked. Um, very closely but it as you were going through and and you you mentioned growth is like the goal sometimes i i think that gets at a root at of a parenting that maybe maybe that's not the way that parents think usually that i'm i'm parenting with the goal of my child growing in godliness or or sometimes we i i think that we get caught up in the day-to-day, and we we lose that that's even what we're doing.
2: Mm.
0: Whereas in counseling, it's sort of obvious that's what you're doing. That's the that's the point of the person coming to talk to you, is you want to help them grow right. out, out of something. I think with that's not a connection that I would have immediately made, because I don't know that parents naturally think of the parent-child relationship as, my goal here is for you to grow
2: mm.
0: in your relationship with the Lord. It's, it's actually, my goal is to keep you alive and that (laughs) you you don't do horrible things. Right. right. And And that you
1: don't annoy me a a lot. (laughs) Right.
0: Right. And so I think I, to me, as you said that, I, I immediately thought, I think that right there was probably uh, something, I know it's affected me, probably how your ministry affected a lot of people was it actually gave them something. No, parenting is, is more than just, uh, raising a child. It's raising a child to hunger for God. There, there's mm. a mission behind what you're doing that uh, is, is more important than simply having a good kid. Does that make sense?
1: Right. And and I, I appreciate you bringing that up because honestly, you got to understand that dad and I came out of youth ministry. And so that was the foundation of our life You know, from the time we got married at 18, we were involved in youth youth ministry. And so we had a unique perspective that we were surrounded by dozens, hundreds of teenagers all the time. And we saw kids who'd been raised in the church, who had been raised by wonderful people in in most cases, godly people in most cases. But these teenagers were really struggling with some very basic things, not just worldliness and a draw to, you know... obviously forbidden things, but just ways of not thinking of their life as I'm here for a purpose. I'm here, I'm on a mission. Right. And so I honestly think that our our youth ministry and our exposure to kids who had grown up in the church and had good parents, but but they weren't mature for their they weren't a level of maturity commensurate with, with their with their age. Kind of I mean, we had many discussions about how do we raise kids who who get to their adolescent and young adult years with a genuine heart for God?
2: Yeah, yeah I think I would just want to add to that, that by being in youth ministry, the, the whole, I mean, we would see and say at times, wow, this individual needs a heart change, you know, mm-hmm. and meaning really they need to come to know the Lord, you know, because we were dealing with teenagers from all different kinds of backgrounds. Well, and I came, you know, to a place where, okay, I need a heart change. And so I think that carried over into our parenting and that, you know, that, that, wow, even little kids need a heart change, right. you know, and from the very beginning, it's an issue of the
0: heart. So, yeah. And then that led to, I know you've said this uh, many times over the years, it's not a uh, focus on the family, it's family with a focus. Right. And I think that- that subtle difference, um, is, is what we're talking about here is yes. that when, when you are raising a family, when you are, when you're a part of a family, you, it's not a, a focus on the family. It's, it's family with a focus, it's a mission. What are we doing here? That uh, The Bible talks about how, um, you know, Jesus knew his family. Jesus was involved with his family. Jesus was on a mission, and when when his family interfered with that, uh, he had some interesting things to say. Because it's not about life; isn't about family. Life is right. uh, about serving the Lord. It's about the church, and so it, that it, that difference will inform how you how you parent. Yeah, it
2: does, and and it was it's interesting because when you think about Jesus's family, obviously you know his his brother comes in late, you know, in the game, and yet he's brought right in. Right. You know, he's, he's integrated right in to the mission. Hmm. And that, that's, that's a fascinating comment that you made about Jesus' family. So she was answering the question of how are counseling and parenting alike? And how, are, how is parenting... And counseling not alike uh, is an interesting question as well. How they're unlike, right? Because again, from, from my perspective, our perspective is parenting is a lot more hands-on than counseling is. It's it, there's a directive component to it, and and again, I understand this because it involves advice giving, and I love. Advice giving. You know, I love letting you know what the right thing to do is. Right. And so as a father, that became a little bit irritating at times to, ki- to the kids, to you guys. Mm-hmm. Because, okay, here we go. Pontificating again. You know, that kind right. of thing. But it is an important part of parenting that you really don't see in counseling. Or if you do see it in counseling, it, it, it's not as... It's not a, what you want. It's not what you want. It's not as effective. And then I think, secondly, there's there's a different level of responsibility and authority. Um, people we counsel, we we've gotten you know really no authority in their lives. It's a matter of appeal and you know res, you know helping them like your mom said to grow right. to respond to what's happening. Um, but parenting includes a very very clear biblical authority and and. We never kind of call people that we're counseling to to obey us, you know <laughs> uh, but we do our children, right
0: and that's a you know a very different aspect. so which is leads to the second question pretty smoothly because that's actually controversial um, because authority uh, one of the the aspects of authority is this issue of discipline, and um, discipline has sort of uh fallen out of favor yet again i i, I was uh, reading uh midge Dector, uh the the wife of norman podortz the uh, who was very involved in like the neocon movement in the 80s and bringing that together where a bunch of liberals came over and joined the conservatives during the oh, cold war oh, yeah. um so she she wrote a lot about um sort of parenting issues and and men and women issues and things like this um, and she was observing, you know, in the '70s and '80s, man, the the parents these days are lax with the discipline. <laughs> they don't care about it, and and she was pointing out problems, especially for young boys, in a in a society that doesn't offer a discipline, but but b opportunities for risk. And so that was one of the. She's got a great article. Um, I'll I'll maybe put it in the show notes for folks who want to read. Uh, some very direct remarks about these issues, but it's, it's again, I think some of this stuff is just a matter of who you're around. Like I'm mm-hmm. sure there's some aspects of culture that uh, still take discipline too, too far and too seriously and things like that. But the folks that um, we've grown up with at least, and, and y'all had a, a, a big influence in our uh, circle of churches and things like that. When it came to this, the the discipline aspect was an aspect of what you guys would, would teach. And there seems to be a, uh, a perspective that has uh, become popular that distinguishes and draws like a pretty a sharp dichotomy between discipline and grace. And I wanted to get y'all's thoughts on that. Specifically, I know, uh, because I've actually read your books and things like that, that <laughs> uh, discipline is, is not anti-grace. It's an aspect of grace. It's an aspect of God-given rightful authority being exercised for the good not of the uh, parent who wants an easy life, but the child and what they need to grow and learn to become uh, not a little monster anymore but a, a fully functioning member of a family and society. so can you can you talk a little bit about why discipline was an emphasis, why it's important and what you, what you think is you know lost when we try to distinguish you know what you can either, Uh, be a parent who disciplines your kids, or you can be a parent who's full of grace.
2: Yeah. From our perspective, that has always been an unnecessary contrast. People making that contrast between discipline and grace, it's not a real biblical contrast. It's not a biblical contrast really at all. And, And so... That's not a decision you have to make. I mean, Titus two says that you know we are to uh, train, if you will, that 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 grace trains us or teaches us to say no to ungodliness. You know, to to live proper lives, and so grace isn't simply a uh, the the what we. Typically, says the unmerited favor of God. I mean, that's true; it is, but that unmerited favor is directive. Is is brings uh, discipline. Brings you know a, a sense of discipleship into your life. And so, grace trains us. Right. You know to to live upright lives, godly lives. What? How would you? What would you add to that?
1: I. I guess I think Benny's right. Benny, you're right that, that, that I think that's always been sort of a, an unnecessary contrast. Like, you know, some people in, in former generations grew up with a very heavy-handed, performance-based, rule-based, it's, it's discipline, discipline, discipline. And other people, it, it, people in those kinds of generations felt, oh, there was no grace in that. And then the pendulum would swing uh, into, you know, honestly, some of how your dad and I were parented, which is, you know what, uh, you you just do what you need to do and right. do what you want to do as long as you don't do something real dumb <laughs> or illegal, as in the case of your father. Right. So, um, but I think what, what the Bible teaches, and, and that's an important point, Joey, that parenting the Bible has things to say about parenting. Mm -hmm. And so there's a question that every parent needs to ask. Am I going to parent by what I'm seeing in culture and what I'm observing with people around me? Or am I going to parent according to what the Bible says? And because there weren't books, there were no parenting books when dad and I had kids. Right. Soon after we had Josh, uh, Dr. Dobson's Dare to Discipline came out, and we thought we died and gone to heaven because somebody <laughs> wrote a book about parenting. Right. But other than that, there there was no computers, there was no blogs. We had the Bible, and only the Bible to look to to say how are we going to raise these, as you would call them, hooligans. Right. So, um, so Memrods, I think, that sort of thing. <laughs> So I think the first question is, what is going to most influence me as a parent? What am I going to look to? What or who am I going to look to the most? And then if it's the Bible, which is, I think, I think it should be, it doesn't mean that the application of the way I do this is exactly the same as others, but it under, it means I, I get a fundamental understanding of what the bible means by discipline and what the bible means by grace
2: and, and back to something you said earlier about the the uh, you're you know you're placing it in your generation of of you know not really seeking help it is addressed by what she just said in terms of recognizing the need to have a guiding thought principle uh, vision for what you're doing in parenting and because a lot of a lot of people in our generation your generation probably every generation every generation walks into parenting not really prepared from a vision standpoint Pre- you know mm-hmm. not really thinking about this as what mission are we on you know and that's i think part of what what we
0: need and what we should see. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that because I think that without, without a vision for what the purpose of your parenting is, discipline can just seem like uh, pointless punishment to correct behaviors you don't like. And when you view discipline that way, you can see why people would say, eh, no, I don't want to be that kind of parent, so I'm just not going to discipline my kids. I think that having a vision for what you're doing informs the way that you discipline it forms the expression of your grace to your child because the goal again is not um, behavioral correction it's right a heart change to get back to that counseling thing it's what you're after is a change in the heart of your child and i think so much of the what i sort of see in with the folks who are uh, loath to discipline uh, avoid corporal punishment altogether, that, that sort of thing, is this idea that uh, I, I saw one uh, writer say that they used to use corporal punishment, but then he looked into the eyes of his five year old and saw, saw the pain when they looked at him. And he said, Well, I never want to cause my child that pain again. I'm doing this to them. I have to stop. Well, what he was saying was, This is hurting my feelings. To correct my child, he was he was putting his uh, emotional experience over what what's actually helping my child. What's what's going to cause my child to learn something they need to learn to establish a a a way of living that's going to help them for the rest of their lives. Like that's the goal of the way of parenting in general. Certainly of discipline. Yes, if you're doing it simply to change their behavior. You're, you're going to—other priorities will take over. But if you view what you're doing with the vision in mind and, and with the understanding that a good parent, including God the Father, disciplines those he loves and accepts as a son, discipline is supposed to be a sign that you are caring for, loving your child. And so it, if without that vision, you can sort of see why people— well, I know the Bible says to, to uh, you know, the rod of correction. That's one verse in Proverbs and blah, blah, blah. And then they get going on this. We don't actually have to do this. We don't have actually have to do this simply as a behavioral correction method. Any, there's any number of methods that you can use. That's fine. What What is the purpose of what you're doing? And that probably helps you navigate how to then discipline a little better than just, you know, uh, it makes me feel bad if I do it this way. So I'm going to do it a different way.
1: That's a great point, because what that suggests, and what I might ask this, this gentleman who said that is, um, is that the way God interacts with us regarding his discipline? Oh, I'm seeing that this is painful to my child, uh, you know, uh, to my son or daughter, so, I, so I, just, I just can't do this anymore. No, because God, God understands that suffering and discipline... And hardship and difficulties are a substantial means of our growth right. and our sanctification. And as parents, we are—and this, this is, this is thrilling, Joey. We are the human agents to help our kids grow, to help our kids stop doing sinful things. Hmm. To help our kids say no to ungodliness. And your dad and I used to tell each other regularly, you know, when when you were two, when you were four, when you were seven, when your siblings were in these ages, you know what? They're not gonna stay four. Right. They're gonna be fourteen, and then they're gonna be twenty-four, and then they're gonna be thirty-four, and dear God, now we have a, a son that's almost forty-four. So it's it's that long term view that what we used to call faith picture hmm. of think about your 5 year old as a 15 year old and then do whatever you can by the grace of god with the care of god and the wisdom of god and the heart of god to to humanly speaking do get that child from 5 to 15 where he's not just learning to accept your discipline but that transition of, oh, wait a minute, now I'm experiencing the discipline of God.
2: Right. And if your five-year-old <clears throat> is just so compliant and does everything you say and is just the paragon of, of <clears throat> beauty and wisdom, wait till they're seven and ask the
0: question again. <laughs> or nine and ask the question again. <clears throat> We are going to um, let you go for this week, and we will be back next week to uh, continue this discussion. This was, this was a lot of fun, and I can't wait to be back. We'll get into some, some more practical uh, questions. We've been talking a little bit big picture, uh, but it's uh, led to some maybe some practical uh, discussion that we can have next time, and we hope you all will listen then.